All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcahy Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 20 of the FS360 podcast. Um, good that we got to 20 episodes, Chris, because Fantastic. I've got some stats for you. Welcome along. Yep. Oh, no, thanks, Gav. Well done, guys. Good effort. Thanks, Neil. Neil McCann's joined us back in the studio. Thanks, um, Macca. It's been um, – the reason it's important is because I've got some stats. There's 1.7 billion websites in the world, 1.7 billion. There's only 200,000 podcasts. So really? it's only a new technology. You know, only, it's been only, around. Only 200,000. But only 10% of them get above 14 episodes. Really? So only 20,000 podcasts out there of all different industries get to more than 14 episodes. We're at 20. So yeah. big pat on the back for the uh, – for uh, well done, everyone Gav. in the room. So. Well done, Gav. And I think we made a comment at the start, if we get past three or four, wasn't it? That was always going to be Absolutely. a big thing. So yeah. kicked on. And um, other, in other news, we're um, transcribing these now to listeners to our news page of our website. So um, if you want to go and have a read about uh, a summary of what gets spoken about here, we're going to be up on the news page in the next few days. So, um, And I did mention at the last podcast, but you two got gentlemen weren't with me, that we're, we've hit 1,100 listens overall. So that's pretty good. Yeah. That's over 50 per episode, so yep. that's pretty good. Yeah. So thought I'd start with a few stats. But today we've got Neil McCann from our loans and finance area to come in and have a chat to us. So thanks, Neil, for coming in. Pleasure, guys. I've got a few questions for you, Macca. Could you run us through some of the current home loan rates available to home buyers from some of the lenders? Yeah, look, it's uh, very competitive out there at the moment, Gav. Um, look, variable rates we're looking – we're seeing in, like in the low 2%. Um, so that's uh, where we're sort of uh, seeing the best at the moment. Um, where there's probably even um, some more savings is, is currently in fixed rates, um, and I suppose that says a little bit about the forecast, the future of the of interest rates. But um, yeah, there, there's some options there. Yeah, we, we're seeing uh, um, some options at the moment. You can lock in four years on a, a home loan, uh, owner-occupied, under 2%. So... Uh, and there's a couple of two and three year options around that mark, but yeah, there's certainly some on the fixed rate side of things. It's probably we can see some under two percent and uh, variable was sort of uh, you know just above two percent. So that's um, yeah, so pretty competitive interest rates at the moment. And um, uh, say in the business and uh, maybe farming sort of industries, that they're also got twos and threes in front of those rates as well. So. Um, yeah, there's some, certainly some great opportunity um, for those that are in a, in, a, in the fortunate position to be able to uh, take advantage. And that's a, that take advantage, I suppose, Chris, is kind of the main thing, isn't it? I mean, we spoke early days, you know, when the interest rates first started coming down, um, you know, to, to make sure that you're smart lending, like you've, you've lent, you know, maybe it is smarter for your business or um, to loan that money now while the money is um, cheaper. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's always, yeah, good to look at these opportunities and see what you can do and, you know, whether, you know, you're refinancing your existing debt or looking at opportunities to buy assets and I guess the interest rate is always a reflection of where the economy is and I don't know, Macca, was it probably 12 months ago or was it even further, we're probably thinking we're at the bottom of the cycle and rates might have started to increase. Well, that that was what all the economic forecasting was saying, uh, you know, probably 12 months ago, I suppose, nobody forecast the pandemic so um yeah so the, the economy was on the move rates were so they were saying the next moves will be up and so since then i think we've had three rate 
decreases. Yeah, and, so. and look, we can't go any lower, really, can we? Like we're no, it's getting down. Well, the cash rate is down to that sort of 0.1% yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So. and I guess the other important factor of that is that the Reserve Bank and the government, they're the ones that are actually providing this um, equity or funding for the banks to then lend out, aren't they? Correct. In, in, in that business sort of lending, um, they're, they're sort of guaranteeing 50% of, of some of these business loans as well. So the, so the government and the Reserve Bank are doing everything possible that they can to keep the economy going. Um, it looks like the unemployment rates may not be as worse as, as – they might not end up as bad as what it was originally um, forecast, yeah, yeah. and things like that. But definitely so, not as bad as overseas. I've been following a bit of the overseas unemployment rates and the US are in bad shape compared to us, so they're up around 20%. So it's sort of – yeah, you're right, Macro. I think we've actually – Australia, because we've kept the virus under control, you know, it's sort of meant that, um, you know, there's – a bit more positivity around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and look, it's all a combination of, you know, the JobKeeper and all those stimulus packages as well and mm. then the, Reser- the Reserve Bank come in and sort of assist in this area, making sure there's enough liquidity in the system. And so banks aren't relying on deposit holders then as much, are they? Because if, you know, the poor investor that's looking for a return and, you know, they're going to their bank and trying to put a term deposit down, well, they're not getting offered a great deal, are they? So... You know, it sort of just frees up the banks to be able to drop the interest rates and, yeah, I think there's, you know, some great opportunities out there. Lend smart. Um, so, Mako, can you give us a bit of an update where you think that the lending industry is positioned at the moment, especially coming into Christmas? We're about a month away from Christmas. So, yeah, just give us an update on where the industry's headed. Look, the, the industry, the actual lending, which I would say extends to the housing industry in the markets that we are in, which is regional Victoria, is really strong. Like, we're seeing probably uh, across the industry, the, the number of uh, broker-introduced home loans at the moment are at record highs. Um, we've, we've got really um, um, a s- strong amount of work to do between now and, and Christmas to get people settled uh, into their into home loans and, and um, purchases, um, yeah, it's just there's there's a lot of work on at the moment, and I th- a, a lot there's a, certainly a lot of activity. The first home buyers are back in the market because of the builders building grant um, extension to the first home owners grant, um, which then by that the, the developers are all getting as much land out on on the market as they can. So you know for the likes of the regional areas and. and where where we've got a lot of our businesses based, um, it's a healthy looking 2021 mm. because people are buying land now. So to get the the, the builders uh, grant, they have to start building by then. So that's going to keep that that construction industry really viable and healthy. It's um, yep. yeah, certainly at the moment we're um, we're we've helping out lots of clients with uh, with with home loans. And I suppose coming up. And looking at the last, say, couple of years, um, Macca, with the lending industry, like with that Royal Bank Commission and everything, it's sort of things, you know, there's uh, probably slowed up a little bit in this this industry, but you're sort of seeing a bit of a spike now. Yes, yes. Look, certainly I think in these uncertain times, looking to a trusted advisor um, that has those connections, like we have where if we've got clients coming in looking for an investment, we can talk to the accounting guys and make sure it's structured up correctly, you know, for, for tax benefits later on. We, because we have the, 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 the legal to, um, business here, we can hook up um, conveyancing. 
one thing that we have that I've seen in the, in the last um, short period is self-managed super fund is coming back. All oh, right, you know, especially for commercial. So there's a lot of businesses now saying, let's let's get our own business, let's get our own property to to run the business from. Uh, we're seeing like industrial um, is is certainly um, increasing in value. Had a presentation from one of the major uh, valuation firms there last week, and basically it's across the board, across Australia, that industrial prices and uh, are increasing. Because yep. a lot of businesses are maybe sort of refocusing and maybe going online, so they need more um, storage, warehousing, that warehousing type yeah. areas. So yep. yeah, it's just um, uh, so there's there's lots of um, areas where there's lots of positives. Now I know, I know there are lots of people probably hurting out there, but um, there's lots of positives going forward. Macker, I'm listening to or reading somewhere about the responsible lending and the government are relaxing that. It's sort of it's sort of it look. Coming off the Royal Commission and what that was all about, it just seemed a bit odd that um, they're yeah, relaxing to- it. But totally but- agree. And and whether that was a politician saying, but we haven't seen that flow through. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've gone to, back to Gav. What that started that was the Royal Commission. Certainly, it definitely has placed a lot more um, compliance work um, on brokers. Uh, in particular, that's what we are. Um, but what we've, through our industry organisations, through technology, we've uh, updated technology to basically, you know, we basically capture and put in place what we've always been doing. We've always been putting the client's best interest um, at heart and it's what, we, what comes into play from the 1st of uh, January is the best interest duty, which sort of takes the next step from what was um, the, the, the prior uh, regime. Um, so we've been doing that for our clients, but now we just going to have to make sure that it's all documented. Clients are presented with the right. Doc- so, yep. so technology is helping us to to improve there. Um, yeah, I, I was a bit surprised when I saw, when I heard that they might be relaxing um, when we've gone through royal commissions and banks of uh, the whole world got turned upside yeah. down for you guys over a few years, didn't yeah. it? I think the key focus was there to probably. Free up the banks a little bit so that that compliance level isn't as high, which has probably got some merit. Well, but it's a bit over the top at the moment. As long as they don't yeah. swing the pendulum too far the other well, that's, way, that's the thing. I think the banks went too far with what they were then um, getting us to have to to, to do. Um, so if it comes back a bit, it's probably back to where it should be yeah. rather than relaxing. I reckon. Yeah, great conversation, guys. I think this is – it's so relevant for so many people, lending and loans and finance, isn't it? Anyone from a – as you said, Neil, from a first home buyer all the way through to a self-managed super fund buying some industrial um, shedding or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just relevant for so many people. So um, we mentioned the cash rate earlier, Neil, at 0.1%. So that's as low probably as it's ever been. What yes, does that actually is. mean? Like for, for the general person out there, what does that mean – yeah, it, it's it's um, quite a complex thing, really. But it, it's basically the the rate that the Reserve Bank sets for banks to borrow and and money between themselves, etc. So then, so then the banks need to not need to, but the banks then have a margin that goes on top of that. That basically the, the cost to run their business, and and it's what end up with the, you know, your interest rate that you the, the the borrower is paying. So basically, the Reserve Bank are that to get to zero, they've got not much further to go. Um, don't ask me what 
negative uh, rates means and and what the, and where that goes. Too complex. We have yeah. never seen it in this country. It's a very complex. Um, I'm sure the, the the Reserve Bank and the government are doing all everything they can to to, to not get there. Chris might have some. Yeah, look, I think it's an interesting one because, yeah, these are circumstances that we've never seen. And I suppose from the economic side of things, the Reserve Bank and the federal government or the governments in Australia, they all get together to try and prevent things getting any worse than they need to. So I guess that's what it's all about. So they're working together to do that. And that that cash rate just enables, whether they're issuing government bonds, then then that money can be then lent onto the banks that then lend out to business. So and I think a very important thing was the Reserve Bank Governor coming out and sort of saying, look, that, that rate will most likely not increase for three years. So he's given everyone a bit of certainty that they can go out, invest, yeah. borrow, without because the biggest concern probably now, and this is, I guess, a lot of the conversations with clients is, well, it's fine to go out and take on a bit more debt, but, you know, what happens if rates go up and so forth? And part of those conversations we're having is looking at, the appropriate time to fix the rate. And yeah, I think that's like, where we've got to keep an eye on that that fixed rate, and which is what Mac was just talking about, because the fixed rate will be moving possibly before the variable rates hit its bottom. Yeah, and I guess, look, we're seeing that the sort of the range of two to four years of fixed rates is where the probably the lowest rates are. So that's you know, backing up that rates probably aren't on the move that much. Uh, for the next short term. Yeah, and if we were going to fix, and I, I guess I'd probably make the comment to clients that really at the moment, if you were going to fix, you'd be looking for an extended time, like you'd be trying to go out as far as you could, depending on what the rate on offer is. But, yeah. you know, would you fix for three years now if in three years' time the economy might have be on the rebound, the inflation rate's gone up, interest rates are on the way up, so all of a sudden you come out of a fixed rate to variable and the rates are really... You yeah, know, probably heading in the upward direction. Yeah, and 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 if rates are going to be steady for the next two, three, four years, um, then by fixing you are taking away some flexibility that you have uh, with being able to pay extra debt off and, and redraw and things like that. So it's always a um, you know it's a conversation that's an individual per client that we can sit down and say you know well what will suit you as far as variable fixed. Split of both, yeah. Yeah, it's a very important one because I think if you can sort of really maximise that low rate for the time being, but then pick a time where you can lock in for that ex- – like you can really set your business up, can't you, really, for the future if you've yeah. got that certainty within yep. your cash flow. Yep. And that, that's the thing that most people are looking for at the moment, isn't it? Coming out of well, – we are coming out of COVID by the looks. There's no vaccine, but, you know, economically we're probably coming out of it. They, people just want a bit of certainty. You know, they just want to know, right, what, what are my outgoings for the month? I just want to make sure that I can pay them. And yep. So fixing part of the rate, uh, part of your loan or all of your loan is, is, is a good idea. Yeah, and I think part of the conversation with what the economies of the world are doing and how much debt they're taking on, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Because how do they ever pay it back? And I've actually been reading a very interesting book, Gav, you'll be interested to know, but... Um, it's on this modern economic theory that more or less says, look, this government debt isn't real debt. So, government, so it's not real money. Well, if you've got your own sovereignty within a country like Australia have and America have and many countries around the world, you're, you're sort of borrowing from yourself. Yep. So the Reserve Bank are effectively giving the federal government money to then hand out. Now, I think Japan are a country that have sort of adopted this. They've got a heap of debt. 
they just extended out to 100 years. Who cares sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so as long as – look, there's a lot of mechanics behind this, but as long as you, you've got your sovereignty and your country economically can withstand these pressures. And I think an example they gave in the book was around, you know, the countries over that sort of joined the euro and gave up their sovereignty and then they suffered uh, during economic hardship times and they sort of tried to go to the – I guess the key people or the key countries in the euro, and they just ignored them more or less. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's a very maybe that's why we've seen Greece and some of these countries get into a bit of trouble. Exactly, they haven't got their own sovereignty. Yeah, there. yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, look, it's it's an interesting conversation, and uh, I know um, Thane Turley in the financial planning, he's got a a few ideas around it because with this, all we really need to be really watching is the inflation rate because there's so much money in the system. At some stage, that's going to create inflationary pressure. So once inflationary pressure kicks in and that inflation rate's going up, interest rates go up with it. Start going up as yeah, well. Yeah, so, so that's... the thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, with, you know, the JobKeeper money, the cash flow boost, um, all this money, you know, getting lent out, there's going to be a lot of money swirling around there which will push prices up, inflation goes with it. Yep. Uh, it's an interesting conversation, isn't it? That's probably the broader, you know, yeah, the, that yep. broader sort of national oh, style. Yeah. Um, Macca, have you noticed that brokers, as a broker, you know, have you noticed um, anything different from the lenders, from the banks and, and the lenders that you're loaning the money from? Has there, has there been a lot of difference in requirements throughout this COVID period? Yeah, yeah, there has, Gav. And, and obviously the start of COVID, it happened that quick that the banks were sort of on the, the back foot trying to catch up. Yeah, everyone was. <laughs> you know, JobKeeper <laughs> yeah. come in so they had to catch up and, and – um, work out what their policies and things were. So, you know, things are pretty steady now because we, we know what we're dealing with. But um, – and, look, this is lender by lender as well, but uh, but it's probably more at the at the, the top end of the, the banks that their response times are pretty slow at the moment. Yep. So that's a frustration. So we – so that but that's the beauty of, of, of being a broker is that we've got access to, you know, 20, 30 lenders on our panel – that are all good lenders, have good products, good rates, and some of them could turn an application around in two days, whereas another app, another uh, bank lender is taking 30, 35 days to pick up a deal. So um, That's with so, an individual <coughs> planning for the – yeah, because some of your yeah. clients that are lending yeah. may not need anything. Well, for instance, I had a client come in uh, last week that uh, the, the market's that hot. I've had to have a 30-day settlement on this property. Um, how are we going to go? Um, so then I've sort of got to look straight and say, okay, well, these lenders here, they're out because we won't get a response in that time. So but so these ones here, let's pick the best of that, which is still up with the best of, of them all anyway. So, um, so that's where that coming in and using a broker can really help, you know, yeah. um, circumvent a lot of that time yeah. that that client would normally go and... That's right, a lot of heartache of yeah, making an up offer. banks directly and whatever. And yeah. um, not being able to settle on time, possible penalties... Yep. like that um, so yeah so so response times have been have been down what we've also found now the lenders have changed where you used to put your application in and it went and all got assessed whether you've got the right paperwork whether and the credit person was checking off that you know the actual making the decision what most of the lenders are doing now is it goes in and basically they've got someone that's ticking off that we've got the right paperwork Okay, so we've got the right pay slips that, that are in the date range that the bank wants. We've got the statements of their of their um, um, the accounts where they do their month to month spending. They're, they're right. What 
uh, that's causing more pushback on us because there are a lot of inexperienced start people as well. So some they'll be saying, you know, you haven't got this, this and this. And then we have to then go back and say, well, actually we don't need that because of this, this. Um, but so so now there's there's two levels that we're needing to go through to lodge an application, which is I don't think it's such a bad thing. It gets to someone and it ticks off that we've got the right paperwork and then it goes to someone that's going to make the decision on the credit, you know, yep. whether the people can afford the loan. It's almost separating um, the admin side of that job yeah. with the qualified person that's, you know, going to be assessing the loan. Correct. Yeah. But but that in itself, because of a lot of those, uh, that pre-assessment, they're not as experienced people, the banks have had to hire additional people. So that's causing us some 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 bottlenecks and stresses within the systems across the, the networks. Um, so that's probably, and, you know, we do it. We tr- we've always been had the the principle that let's collect all the information up front and let's, let's go through everything with the client. It's just so much more important now that if we're asking for a certain set of information from the clients, it's really important that our clients get that to us because we're not asking it for just because we think we might want it. Uh, we're need, making sure that we've got everything ticked off so we can go through um, those steps. Uh, those steps without what, what we call first touch. So I have a weekly meeting with my team um, and looking at the, the quality of our applications. And, the, and that means did it get through the pre-submission first check? Did it get to the credit and did it go through first? And that's, that's our ultimate is basically we lodge a loan, the bank just goes, yes, this is well put together, uh, gets to the credit guy, yep, they can afford this, tick, approved. Nobody has to double handle a file. We've got some lenders, if, if they come back and ask us a question, well, then it'll take, we could get the, that answer back that next that same day and they'll, it goes back in the queue. They don't pick the loan up for seven days. Yeah. So it's really important that, we're, that we've got our preparation up front and we've got all our paperwork in order to get in and not just, oh, we'll get it in and we'll worry about, we'll see what the bank asks for, which yeah, yeah. is, you know, what some... Come some back time. with a checklist. Yeah. And that comes back to that um, you were saying before about technology assisting you guys yeah. with uh, getting Correct. all that in order so yeah. that you can... Even digitally signing applications. So a lot, there's still a bit of catch-up work, I believe, from a lot of the lenders in so far in that still, we're still having to get... Original signed, yep, and, yep, yep. yep. But that, that, I think there'll be some, some improvements next year. Through yeah, probably that. even with that information, Macca, from the accounting perspective, you know, normally we could probably get away with providing management accounts and, you know, not the final accounts with the tax firm, but there's been quite a few lenders that are asking for the notice of assessment for individuals. Yep. So we have to actually have the information from our point of view completed, lodged, wait for the tax office to provide that assessment and then provide it to the lending guys. So, yep. yep. Yeah, so again, that's just another example yeah. of the depth of information now that the banks are requiring. Yeah, yeah. especially with COVID, though. Well, they, you know, we've got questions where we're having to say, well, has, have they been affected by, by um, COVID, whether they're self-employed or whether they're an employee? Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Is their job secure or whatever? In, yeah. The industry might be getting looked that's at. That's right. Yeah. I was at a lunch during the week with one of the major banks and the main man was there talking and he made the point that they're... Yeah, what they've learned during this process is that their back-end systems aren't as good as they need to be. So, right. yep. yeah, they're doing a hell of a lot of work to make that, you know, more streamlined or, yeah, it. that's right, because, yeah, they just felt that when the pressure was on, um, you know, they haven't been able to cope with the volume of work to get done. And as yeah. you say, Neil, look, when there's 20 or 30 lenders in the Australian market, you know, that's competition, you know. So yeah. if a major bank and, you know, if the broker network starts saying, oh, they're a bit too hard to deal with, they're like out to 45 yeah. days, 
they just get you just don't that's send anything their way. So yeah. um, I suppose that's up to yeah. the the lenders and, too, isn't it? As you say, yeah. So as an industry, we've really we recognise that um, technology is the way that we're going to to get our uh, efficiencies and um, and performance better our performance. So we're not that really so that worried about technology at, taking over in so far as people can just sit at home and plug in their detail and uh, a robo approves their loan because it, it's such a personal uh, experience getting a home loan, buying a house where there, there's so much um, uh, advice, knowledge and experience that we, that we pass on that technology is going to help us to do the comparison to loan, to put the, the compliance tick off and present clients, you know, not face-to-face and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think next year we're going to have a We'll see a lot of um, behind-the-scenes stuff that clients don't yep. really see, but it's going to help us be more efficient in the, the services that we deliver to our clients and therefore get decisions quicker, choose the right lender. Yeah, yeah no, I think you're spot on. It's almost becoming niche, isn't it? Like, you know, home loans, business, commercial, farm loans. Like, you've got to actually have experts in those areas to be presenting the information in such a way that's going to provide the best outcome. Mm-hmm. Because once you can do that, like the – banker or the credit analysis on the other side of it, like they can then pick it up and sort of say, well, yep, it's all there, it all yep. makes sense. Yep. You know, you've gone into the detail that I need to help me make that decision. Yeah. The biggest compliment we can ever get from a, um, from a credit officer sort of putting a note back on your approval saying, I'd like to work on more of your files. So that's, <laughs> that's good, isn't it? Yeah. And that's where, you, you know, Macro, I suppose you've got your staff in the background working as hard as they can for the yeah. for the client. Exactly. Um, and just, I mean, the more we talk about this, just imagine trying to do it without a broker. Like that's the way I look at it and think, geez, it'd be tough, you know, because you, you'd be up against brick walls with this lender that you wouldn't get with that lender and, you know, how, yeah. how the hell do you know all that? So... I suppose we do talk about getting the professional in the right area for you um, at Mulcanko, I suppose. It's what we do here, but it's so true, isn't it? Because it can just save you a whole lot of time and heartache. Yeah, look, even though that competition is out there, we're still seeing a variation in interest rates too, aren't we? Yeah. Because you know, maybe that customer or client hasn't actually gone to see a broker because – and they just think that what they're being provided by the bank, that's as good as it gets sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a really clear thing now that if you – interest rates are probably seemingly high. Well, they probably are and you can sort of look at better options. Yep. I think in a previous podcast we spoke to Rachel Tricky about the agribusiness um, and how her business is really based around or part of it is getting their paperwork in, in a, such a way that it is favourable to the bank, you know, so, um, so that, you know, you're forecasts and those sort of things. So we're sort of having that similar conversation now, aren't we? If we can yeah. get everything in order first, exactly. you look like a better candidate, yep. you're likely to get a lower rate and you're likely to get your approval, you know, nice and quick as well. Correct. So, yep. Yep. Do you reckon, uh, Macca, with that, that previously banks looked more at history, which they, which they need to do to see what the track record's been, but they're looking to the future a lot more to really see what this borrower is all about and and uh, where they're going with it? Yeah, yeah. And specifically in that agri area where um, agri and business, yeah, they, they are definitely placing a lot more uh, focus on looking forward rather than looking backwards. And, and if, if, you know, in conjunction – so that's where in conjunction with your accountant um, who, you know, has the intricate knowledge of the business, have had the discussions with you saying, well, where are you going? And, and then we can set – 
provide forecasts, but there's the assumptions along with those forecasts that, that make sense and say, oh, well, the banker can say, yeah, well, I can see, yes, they've, uh, they've invested here so that um, going to the future, they're able to deliver their stock quicker, they've taken on a whole lot of stock. So looking forward is definitely um, something that the banks have improved on. Um, so that makes it so much important that we you get your forecast right, but you actually have the information to back up. So it's not just a, a table that says, well, next year I'm, I'm going to make a profit of a million dollars. Well, back it up with numbers. If it's in the in the agri-industry, your, your, your stock numbers, your... Um, Forecasting, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, my next question was going to be to put... Look at the crystal ball for next year, Maca. But I reckon we've just answered yeah. that in uh, in in how better technology can can come in and sort of assist yep. in that st- in that. Um, I think you know, yeah, I think next year is going to be big for the first home buyers because a lot of the the land that they've been signing up to buy for, they're going to be starting to build on. I think the investors are going to come going to come back into the market a bit more. What we have seen lately is there's been a lot of activity moving in the agri area. There seems to be a lot of uh, land selling and um, and the banks, um, well, yeah, agri lenders are pretty keen to support um, agri. So I, I just, yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty positive, all the areas that um, yeah, we have a lot of clients in. Looks like it's going to be an upward year. Probably a good segue, Macca, into the last question, which I've asked uh, Macca to come in with his win of the week for us today, Chris. So, um, you know, and I'm just having a little chat before we got on air. We thought uh, maybe it's yeah. – maybe it's Well, um, yeah, with, with that one. So it actually is an agri where we – and we talk about um, not so much looking at the past. So we've just uh, had a, a pretty good um, loan approved for, for a young um, – um, young woman who is uh, been building herself up into the agri. She's uh, buying some extra farmland, so it's quite a big expansion. Historical financials don't support that new debt, but the um, the, the forecast going forward and uh, with the increase of stock numbers that she's been building on and and putting the right information forward to the bank, we were able to uh, to get it to get it approved and at a really um, good interest rate for, for that for that particular um, young farmer. There are other there were other options that might be like plan A or sorry plan B or C that we could that we could we would still be able to get her the finance, but we've, we've probably saved four or five percent in interest rate for her by getting it through one of the, the uh, like a major lender. So I, that's that's um, great news. Yeah, and look, the concern with this one was like it's a newish client and um, sort of come on the scene. So it was relatively new to us. So we were sort of building our knowledge around the client as well, um, as well as, you know, looking at the past, looking at the future. But her bank had knocked her back. Yeah. Yeah, this person had sort of committed to something. Oh, oh, yeah, and... I'm not sure. I think she felt that her bank was going to support her, but then, at uh, right when you know the pressure was on, um, yeah, that didn't happen. So, look and yeah, look, the lending team did a fantastic job, just in conjunction with um, yeah uh, Bronte and Rachel in the agri area, just sort of putting it all together, you know, painting the picture, and probably just giving as 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 always. You're just trying to provide comfort, aren't you? You're just yep. trying to reduce that risk. From the lender of what's actually going on, so it's like, I, I reckon it's sort of like you're speaking their language. You know, if you pre- present the information in such a way that the bank understands it, and then they can, they're a lot more confident yeah. to tick it off. 
Um, it's like trying to you know speak a whole other language to a lender if you haven't got it all in order. So it's 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 good win of the week, Marco, yeah. because I think it's a it's a good example for everyone else to sort of follow. Yeah. Yep, and and just generally, look, we're still it's not all just about new business. We're still getting wins every week with existing clients approaching their current bank, putting the pressure on, and getting a good rate back. So then it's not all about you know new business or, or taking a client to another lender. We'll always put that question in. Um, get the, get them on the lowest possible rate they can be with their current lender. Then we check and see, well, is that still competitive in the market? So, um, yeah, we're still getting a lot of wins with that with existing clients. Well, it's going to be a busy 2021, Macca. I hope you haven't got too many holidays booked. Well, probably no one has. But um, it looks like your team will be pretty busy next yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. So you're always looking to expand the team, so it's good. Well, thanks for coming in, Neil. That's great. Um, we're going to say goodbye to Neil now and uh, we're going to – push on with a little bit of um, uh, updates in the finance industry with Chris. Great chat with Neil McCann there, Chris. Um, I think uh, I always find lending, it is one of those areas that can get quite complex pretty quick. So that's that whole idea of a broker. Um, you know, I've always used a broker. I just think it's a really great way of getting that knowledge, you know, in behind you. And as we said, with uh, getting the accounts on board and um, getting your finances in order um, and all your paperwork in order, that's what they want to see. So Yeah, that's right, Kev. Look, it's really just all part of the same package, isn't it? I think that's the important thing. And look, everyone's got debt, so... I guess it's applicable to everyone. Yeah. So well, that's what we said for anyone from a home first home buyer right through to a retiree in a self-managed super fund. That it's relevant for everyone. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so I thought we'd just um, get a little update from you, Chris, from your accounting team, just about um, you know what we're up to with JobKeeper, et cetera, at the minute. Yeah, look, it's obviously we're heading towards Christmas now. So um, yeah, the JobKeeper system is still uh, happening. Quite a few dropped out when we got to the end of September. Of that first sort of period of you probably, know, probably good news though, isn't it? Like yeah, it was good like you love to keep on the, your job keeper and getting something from the government, but that if you're if you're dropping out, that means your business has recovered a, a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So, but everyone's got the opportunity to assess it again. So, um, yep. job keeper will run from the first of January through to the end of March. Yep. So that'll be based on the quarter assessment from the first of October through to the thirty first of December. So. If you're not in the system now and business hasn't picked up as much as you thought or, you know, maybe you had a bit of a positive um, upswing sort of from July through to September which knocked you out of JobKeeper but then things have dropped dropped back again, yep. you can reapply for the quarter from January onwards. Um, and have you heard any sniffs around about whether JobKeeper is going to be extended at all, do you think, or could it be extended for certain industries maybe? Look at... Maybe. I think we've just got to wait and see. I no think the government yet, sort of no. need to sort of put a finish date there somewhere to provide that certainty. Yeah. Um, but then again, if things haven't improved or got worse even, um, yeah, look, who knows what they might do. But I think they have shown the whole way through that they're prepared to do whatever's required to make sure that the recession, you know, doesn't – it look, doesn't get too bad and they help everyone out as much as possible because they know the prolonged issue with a recession or – the damage a recession does goes on for decades. So I guess they're trying to avoid that at every cost. Um, and even with things like, say, the heaviest city industries like tourism, with these borders opening up to Queensland and whatever, and um, you can basically, I think you can get all the way around Australia now. I think WA might have a few yeah, restrictions. Yeah, WA, I think. But, but, um, but look, I don't think we're going to be going overseas for a while. No. And and so a lot of that money will just stay in Australia. Yep. Like if, if someone was going to take their family overseas on holiday, they might go to Queensland instead or Darwin or... You know, Tassie or whatever. So, um, 
I was just looking myself the other day, Chris, for a, uh, a house down at the beach for the, over Christmas. Good luck, Dan. Forget about it. They're all, they're all doubled in price. So I think supply and demand yeah. is that prices have gone up. Like there was houses down at, uh, on the south coast of Victoria for nine grand a week. Really? And I'm like, that's crazy. But there was a lot of them. There wasn't just one or two just, you know. But I just think that's an example of supply and demand is that I think a lot of people will be spending their tourism money in Australia. Yeah. So that, that'll help the whole recession thing a yeah, lot, I reckon. that's right. Mm. No, I think you're right there, Gav. Well, thanks today, Chris, for that. Um, thank Neil McCann. Um, and as I said, guys, and all the listeners, uh, we do transcribe these into articles. So have a look at the news page on mulkay.com.au and um, that'll be up there mid-next week. But thanks for your time today, Chris. Thanks, Gav. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.